Hey everybody, welcome to the Lovecraft Show. I'm Mr. X Stitch Kingpin of Contemporary Embroidery and you are? <gasps> I am Marion, uh, super crafter at Lovecraft. It's actually not really super crafter, a crafter that goes a little bit too fast and makes mistakes. But lots of knitting, lots of But you've of got that little triangle on your desk that says super crafter. Well. And we're um, here with a show about crafts. We love crafts. We think you should love crafts. We're going to make you love crafts. I love crafts. I love crafts. Actually, all, all crafts. And I can't resist new crafts, which is why I want to talk to you about mm. cross-stitch. Because I actually think I'm a bit addicted to embroidery now. Maybe not so much cross-stitch, but embroidery. Right. Um, because of the freedom. Because mm. I don't think I can see a chart very well. But tell me, I know, you know, why cross-stitch? Why did you start with cross-stitch? What got you about cross-stitch? 15 years ago, I was going on a flight to Canada and I wanted something to do on a plane. I think I was a smoker at the time. So, like, I was like, oh, my God, it's a long time. I'm going to, like, <laughs> And I went into a haberdashery shop and I saw this cross-stitch kit up on a wall, uh, uh, Art Nouveau head by Alphonse Mucker. And I was like... That would be funny. Imagine what people will think if they see a man like me doing some cross-stitch on a plane. That will freak people out. Well, yeah. I mean, 15 years ago, that would have been... Yeah, I know. You know, an yeah, unusual There weren't many sight. of us around. Um, and so I decided... I bought the kit. And eventually, when I got to Canada and I started having a go, I kind of fell in love with it because of, like, the meditativeness of it and stuff, you see. Yeah. And the thing is, a cross-stitch is cross-stitch is on, like, an even weave fabric. So... Uh, the stitches are the same there's a uniform pattern you don't have to give it a lot of thought you know it's almost got the same automaticness as knitting so it's super meditative because it slows you down and all of that sort of thing and brings out this nice warm feeling in your soul and that was the thing that got me hooked and I can even remember like doing it and being like oh it's like half 11 I should probably be going to bed but being like I just want to do a little bit more kind of get it done and all those sorts of things so I kind of fell in love with it and that was what got me going. And I did the Art Nouveau head and that took me about two years and I got some of the colours wrong. But I stuck it in a frame and gave it to my mum. So how big was it, this Art Nouveau? Mm. In the frame, it's about a foot square. It probably, it took me a while because I was like kind of getting into it, finding the time because I still spend a lot of time playing video games and being a loser. Oh. Hard as that is to believe. <laughs> so, I can't possibly believe no, that. No, honestly, that's a lie. <laughs> Um, but I managed to finish it, gave it to my mum. Then the next one I found was like a geisha. Because this is the thing, right? 15 years ago, at least, cross-stitch was nowhere near as cool as it is now. And if you're a bloke trying to find some cross-stitch, your choices were largely like a Native American with a wolf. Oh, it's always a wolf. There's always yeah, a wolf. Yeah. Uh, kittens? A wolf. Kittens. Must well, be some yeah. Kittens. I mean, this is the thing. Kittens, countrysides, all of that sort of stuff. Uh, Pheasants. But, but for a guy... Yeah. Maybe a racing car, maybe a, a wizard and a dragon, like not very like manly, manly kind of thing. So, yeah, so I did Art Nouveau Head, uh, Geisha Girl thing, which is okay, and then started doing the Kiss by Klimt. <laughs> oh, so that's going to take a long yeah, time. 70, yeah, 70,000 stitches, never finished it. It's, there's a thing where you miscount and, and your pattern doesn't match up. And about 18 months into it, I realized that was happening, so I put it down. But then I found a piece of software called PC stitch which meant you can make your own cross stitch patterns and that freed me up because basically then I found like I'm a frustrated graffiti artist like I want to do graffiti but I haven't got the nerve to spray on people's walls yet 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 it's coming oh it's coming oh, it's coming I've been a lot of like YouTube graffiti watching it's coming I'm trying to get my daughter we sit down we watch graffiti I'm like learn how to do this she's only two and a half oh god 
But you know, wait till the spray cans are less toxic. Yeah, before maybe she starts that's them. true. Wait till she's like six. The thing is, with I mean, I look at the, all those sort of tapestries and things, and when you go to sort of big castles and you see all these amazing, it it's amazing to me that hordes of women had to sit and do this cross stitch mm. with no light, only candles, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. you know, and probably not particularly good needles, really. So, I mean, it's one of those crafts that's evolved and evolved and evolved and here we are. Mm. A bit like knitting, mm. but not so many men doing cross-stitch in the early days. Whereas I think with crochet, you can sort of track it back and think lots of men were making fishing nets and, you know, like sewing. Loads of men were tailors, mm. you know, and that was sort of really, really the thing to be. You know, all the men were tailors. and But, uh, yeah, it's very interesting, I think, sewing. I think it's a bit covert. Like, I think, you know, the problem with the mainstream, when I look at when I started, and if you span back, like, 25 years from that point, there's not a lot for men to do. Like, men are not going to go, here, lads, look at this carousel that I just crossed. Would you look at the detail on that pony? You're not going to do that because it's just not, like, there's not the stuff there. So men are never going to go, oh, look, I did another cross-ditch of a wolf because it's just a bit tiresome. You know, if there were things that were respectful for men to do they'd probably be a bit more overt about it so what i found over the time of talking to people is there's a lot of men that do it they just don't go on about it because there's this perception that it's just an old lady craft and then there's not that much that they can do so you do you get we find a lot of blokes who are just having to do countryside cottages because it's like closest thing they can find that they interest them and the tide's turning slowly, but when you look at the mainstream, it's still very much like that. But, you know, if you go back like two to three generations, it was definitely a thing that was done more readily because the gender bias wasn't so, like, stiff. Yeah, yeah. I um, We thought we would talk today about how craft is sort of linked in with therapy and self-care. Yeah. And so how it makes you feel better. And you said when you were talking about doing your sit that it when you're doing that sort of first cross stitch that you get the sort of hum of being very relaxed and very sort of mm. calm and it yeah. gives you that nice Literally calming feeling. I'm like mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> But it's that thing of like just mm. one more row, just one more row when you're knitting yeah. late at night or whatever. So I love the way that people now are using craft as therapy. So in a world where we're super busy there's no time for anything people are suffering with all sorts of mental stress sort of and anxiety and even the nhs prescribes knitting mm. you know well yeah. you know for for uh for therapy. relaxation yeah, yeah, yeah. and therapy yeah. but um what do you think would be a good thing what would you do if you were feeling stressed would you go straight for your needles <laughs> oh that takes me back no um yeah the thing like, what's interesting right is every now and again i do workshops at the moment i'm doing some workshops with a school in south london and uh, rather than back in the day when this stuff was on the curriculum i'm doing it more as a pastoral thing you know so young people who are quite stressed about their days and stuff like that they come and do a session with me and we do like six weeks of cross stitching and within the two hours you can see they sort of settle and as the weeks go on they talk amongst themselves a bit more and stuff and I've done like questionnaires at the start and the finish almost to see how they feel about it after the fact because I can give them the freedom to cross stitch whatever they want kind of you know and we have a structure but you can see it just they, they say it helps them stop being stressed it helps them stop you know feeling like all the worries are in the forefront of their mind because it's a distraction and there's an interesting thing i recently realized about like when you do meditation 
you're always having to bring yourself back to center. Like the idea is to think about nothing or repeat a mantra or whatever, but always if your mind starts to drift, you have to kind of bring it back in again. And particularly with cross stitch, every time you do a stitch, you have to look at where the hole is. So as far as your mind's going to wander, you're always coming back to the center again. So it's a really like centering thing and it's a simple stitch and it has the repetition and stuff. So it's an incredibly powerful meditative craft. You know, there's... Mm. They talk about colouring in and all these other things because it stops you thinking about this and that and all, all kinds of stuff. But cross-stitch in particular is a good one for bringing it in. So, you know, I there's been loads of times when I've sat down with a lot on my mind and decided to do some cross-stitch and felt better from, from the back of it, you know. But the interesting thing now, I, I've done a couple of little sessions with people at Great Ormond Street Hospital. Oh, nice. And even with one young person who was actually having dialysis at the time, we did a little bit of one-to-one, which blows my mind and is a tremendous honour. But it's a great pastime for rehabilitation, you know. But, and, and then there's this idea of, like, if you think about your stitching a positive thing, then you spend time thinking positively because you're stitching a positive thing. And so there's this whole, like, meditating, positivity, passing the time. I think there's some things about, like, repetitive hand mo- uh, movements producing more serotonin and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, well, I, that, I mean, that would like certainly that. be true of knitting. And I think, and crochet, or, you know, this is the thing that I love about making. So we mm. have the, we, 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 I mean, here at Love Cross, we talk about making all the time. Mm. And it doesn't matter what kind of making it is. So it's whether you're a baker and you love making bread or you love making cakes mm. or you're making, oh, cake. Okay. <laughs> just go to a cake stupor. <laughs> or you have, um, you know, you just, you love knitting or you love stitching or whatever Mm. almost everybody here does those things Mm. and I I mean I love baking so if I I'm at home and I and I feel a bit wound up it it depends on the level of wound up so if I'm a bit emotionally wound up then probably baking is the best first port of call Mm -hmm. because if I then if I try and knit something when I'm feeling a bit wound up I don't want to make a mistake Mm. so I just knitting is just a very calm and beautiful thing if it's just a nice straightforward project and that's why it's great to have loads of different projects going at the same time. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. and I always say this to people, they sort of, you know, lots of people have loads of whips, work yeah. in progress. Yeah. And, you know, they say, oh, I'm never going to start something till I finish something else. Well, I can't do that. I've got lots and lots and lots of right. whips. Yeah. So if you're listening and you've got lots of whips. Okay. Tell us how many whips you've got, yeah. because we reckon that we've probably got more whips than you. I want to know. I want to know the oldest whip. Like I've oh. had people who've had whips that should be able to vote by now. <laughs> I've had people. I think the oldest person. Someone said they they're like a thirty-five-year-old whip. No way. And the fact that they're still holding on to it, you know, it's so bound up with guilt. Like I've got to finish this. Thing. I just feel like just toss it. You know what I mean? But yeah, what's your oldest whip? Because for me, I think my longest was like that kiss by Klimt. And in the end, I gave it to Brilliant. That's the unfinishables. Yeah, that was a really good good idea. There are so many shows about crafts, but there's only one show about love crafts. (gasps) Perfect. It's like having your friends around for a cup of tea and a bit of stitching, only we're on a laptop. Yes, it is. That's exactly what it's like. And you don't know us. It's like having acquaintances. <laughs> we, <laughs> we will be your friends. Let us show you why we love craft. Crafts. Crafts. I've been creating all these things all month for Christmas. 
Mm. And we had this conversation when you first arrived about making things for Christmas and yeah. how it can just tie you completely. Making a rod for your own back yes. at Christmas. But you can't not because your instinct is to give. So you want to make these things and make these treasures for people because you love them. It's mm. a real, I'm, I don't know if it's a stitchy thing, but it's a real nitty thing, a crochet thing to make something for somebody else. Yeah. Which, you know, all these things thing, are thing, beautiful, like, beautiful Kind of thing. regardless of the craft. The problem I had and the thing I was saying before is like, is, is when you get this expectation. So, you know, you're on a sock I'm, marathon. Uh, sock marathon. Sock, sock for all my nephews. Sock fests. And there are lots of nephews. So, yes. Yeah. So how many pairs of socks? At least 10. Right. And I'm how a, long I'm does about, it take to make a sock? Well, you know, it depends if you yarn, carry on the same sock. I might switch from one sock to another. Really? They're useless. But yeah, so I would, I think you could probably do a pair of the weekend of Aaron Waite socks. Okay. If you were really focused. So that's 10 weekends. Yeah. And, and a few train journeys. Okay. Yeah. Mm. And so then there's a project management thing. Like this is what makes me laugh is I'm like, oh, Christmas. You know, like the minute Halloween's over, the supermarket's like, it's Christmas, everybody. Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. Are you going to be a Christmas Grinch? No, but the thing you is... You can't is, be a Christmas Grinch because I love Christmas really badly. Yeah, but as a crafter, like I'm conflicted because it's like, I want Christmas to happen naturally, maybe around the start of December. But Christmas. from a project management standpoint, it has to start in August because I'm never going to get the bloody things well, finished. That is true. We That's do talk about right? you start your making early, but... Mm. <gasps> so I think it's good to make gifts for people, but I feel like I've learned that if I was the guy that always made you a cross-stitch card, after two, three years of that, you're going to expect a cross-stitch card from me and then I'm stuck. And I know people that are a bit... They love it. They don't complain, but there's this like, oh, you know... Donna's gonna make me that cross stitch card this year because she always does it. Poor old Donna's probably crying on a cross stitch because she's doing it at like <laughs> three in the morning on Christmas Eve to get it done. Whereas I, I quite like to mix it up and try and do different things. So I think it's lovely to make things at Christmas, but I think you, you've got to kind of like mix it up a little bit. And if you mix it like next year, presumably you're not going to do 10 pairs of socks, or are you? No, no, I might do 10 hats. Brilliant, that's nearly the same. <laughs> um, well. So let's have this theoretical situation. So all through the year, sort of run up, maybe November, December, most of all, yeah. you've been crafting away, yeah. making away all ready for all your gifts. Yeah. What are you going to do in January? What, what's your moment of thinking, right, now I don't have to make anything for anybody else. I'm going to make something for me, unless yeah. you're very naughty like me, who started and cast on a jumper last week <gasps> in the middle of my sock that, making, I which is just horrendous. Very bad. So, there. what would you make then if you get to that moment where you've done all your making and now it's time to relax, to relax, to relax? What would you make? Yeah. See, the problem there is I almost feel like I'd want to do something completely different. Like in the olden days, I'd be like, do you know what? I'm going to play a video game and not make a thing as in like an anti-making, except I'm just crap at video games, so I can't even do that. So <laughs> I'd feel like I'd want to make something, you know, like, I don't know, like for me, maybe try and learn a new thing. Like maybe try and oh. do, learn to do some drawing or I want to learn to do Adobe Illustrator. So maybe I'd try that and do something different. Because the curious thing with me is like, I do an amount of cross-stitch, but I produce a cross-stitch magazine. So I do more like desktop publishing. Like I have a very creative job, but it's not all just doing cross-stitch. It's kind of few and far between. And there's a bit of this and there's a bit of writing and there's a bit, of, you know, so it's quite, all of it's creative and it's lots of different strands. But it's like, yeah, how, how you deal with that burnout, how you find the thing, making the thing that you love for you is quite a neat trick. I would, I would often default to making something rude 
probably rude and funny as a way of breaking up the tension because of all the happy Christmases. And then to just be like, just write you smelling cross-stitch and send it to someone that you love. Do you know what? That's the thing about cross-stitch. And uh, of, of all our sort of, when we look at all of these crafts and, and uh, all the different crafts that we will, will mm. you know, love in mm. the crafts, um, there is that rebellious voice in cross-stitch and sort of embroidery, isn't there? So you can get away with doing oh, yes. either a bit of saucy cross-stitch or something that's a bit cheeky or a little bit naughty. Mm. Um, and there have been some very famous pictures of people on planes cross-stitching. Oh, yeah, I remember some, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I must have got shared that about 35,000 times good. or something. Whereas I think gentler knitters and crocheters are less likely to have that voice of rebellion and yet... And knitting and crochet have been used as part of rebellion for years. I mean, like, you know, in the war, people were knitting messages into their knitting yeah. disguised in the stitches. Mm. I love that. That's mm. superb. And I mean, I suppose, you know, the ladies that sat around the guillotine knitting must have had some kind of protest going on. It takes quite a bit of planning to write, go flip yourself on the front of a jumper for someone, though. It it's a lot does. easier. Because it, you can use it apparently an entire method. I saw a video on it you on can. YouTube the other day. <laughs> It's a very good video. You should check that out on the YouTube channel. It's a very good video. There are, um, you can, Intosha would would allow you to do all those Mm. things. You could be, but it would be a lot more work. But I think this is, this ties in with the the general perception of cross-stitch as it's what a little old lady does. So a little old lady isn't going to tell you to go forth and multiply in cross-stitch. So the shock value has an extra, and I know plenty of artists who do that. There's a, a friend of mine called Leah Emery from Australia, and she's got your classic, let's call it 1970s adult entertainment movie kind of cross-stitches. Crikey. Yeah, they're good. But the shock value is there, and it's the same with cross-stitch if you have political things or when people are making serious messages with the cross-stitch. Because cross-stitch is like lovely and fluffy, people don't expect it to be used as a tool in those directions, which is where you get that extra value. So I think that everybody I know who's a bit like a cross-stitcher or a man-broider or something, you go through this journey where you have to get it out of your system. I've done a few sweary cross-stitches almost to go, oh, that's okay. And one of the things that started with my website, we had a thing called Not Safe for Work Saturdays where we were featuring a swearing and pornography and embroidery because by not hiding it, by saying it's a real thing, it gives a lot of people permission to do it, which then engages them with the craft. Yeah, yeah. And that's been like my whole thing is like, look at me, I'm a cross-stitcher, which means anybody who's a bit like me, it's okay to be a cross-stitcher. I've yet to be hit by lightning. So you're validating it for people who otherwise are going, oh, it's just done by a certain demographic. So this is what is so brilliant, isn't it? We we talk sometimes about creative burnout and all these sort of things, but actually that is exactly the point. You can express yourself however you like mm. in stitches mm. um, and you can learn new things and you can try new things. So whatever your craft is. Yeah. Um, which is amazing. Yeah, and what's cool, I think, is if you're in a certain, you know, if you've got a certain craft that you do a lot of and if you get into the end of the year and you're like, oh, had enough of that, you know, find somebody who's doing the next thing on or go and find an artist. Who, you know, if you're into crochet, go and check out that girl. Or was it Joanna Vasconcelos who does loads of lace work and all those kind of installation things, you know. Go and do that. Go and do a bit of crochet and then bang it over a fire hydrant or something. Do you know what I mean? Like, find a different direction to take it in and test yourself. If you like Lovecrafts, you're going to love our show. So just subscribe now. Get it over and done with. 
It's the Lovecraft Show. It's the Lovecraft Show. Oh my God, we love to craft. It's the Lovecraft Show. Well, there you go. There it is. Yeah. There it is. We haven't even started on the proper singing yet, have we? So in January, yeah, new skills. Mm. I like the fact that you're mixing it up with a bit of digital skills as well. Yeah. I... I'm going to do some embroidery, mm-hmm. but I'm going to have a go at um, some complicated crochet. Oh. Because my crochet skills are okay. They're pretty good. But I think I need to challenge myself a bit. Mm-hmm. And I always struggle with counting uh, because I can't, if I'm working from a chart and I'm going backwards and forwards in a pattern, for some something happens when I, my head goes to chart, back to work. Right. And then backwards and forwards like this, and I lose where I am. So I'm going to practice that. I'm counting. going to get myself counting mm. this January, and I yeah. think that would be very good for me because mm. it'll it'll really anchor me and and get me going something new. I know that they teach it to kids in school a lot, so it must have some I general. Went, yeah, validity. I went into. Um, I mean, counting. Oh, counting. Yeah, well, <laughs> it was quite good, isn't it? Oh, the other day, I thought it was very useful. Times tables at the time, you don't think they're useful, yeah, but right, of course yeah, they yeah. are greatly useful, especially when you're counting your stitches on yeah. a knitting needle because nobody counts in ones. No. You always count your stitches in twos, don't you? Mm. And if you didn't know your two times table, you'd be stuffed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm glad about that. I understand what you mean about the, the translating thing. Like, it's quite easy when you're doing loads of just cross stitches to be like, hang on. Like, like almost every time I'm like, nine? One, two, three, four, five, Nine? <laughs> You're like, oh, come on, man. Do you much. think, is it, you know, when I look at those sort of cross stitch and embroidery kits where they're printed onto. Yeah, like your tapestries, yeah. Yeah. Do you think that's sort of a good place to start if you're a bad counter? Yeah. Because then, I mean, it would be great, wouldn't it, if you could get a picture of your choice then printed onto. Yeah, and I think some places can something. do that. Or like, I think the the cost if of those things are dropping a bit, yeah. Paint, yeah. It makes it a lot easier. You don't have to think then. You don't have to count at all. There's a tip I say to people, if you're following a pattern and you're like doing your bottom stitch of cross stitch, when you get to the 10th one or the 5th one, make that one an X. Make that one a whole stitch as like a place marker so you don't lose count. Oh, nice. And yeah. also getting a copy of the chart that you can just draw on with a felt tip is quite a good way of doing it. Um, but yeah, because otherwise, I always say when particularly with cross stitch and it would be the same with most crafts when you go wrong and you put a lot of time into the thing and then you have to undo the work that you've done like spend an hour doing some cross stitch realize i've miscounted it have to unpick it now for an hour internal pain is immense amplified by the fact that nobody else cares absolutely <laughs> nobody else going, no and yes. they're like shut up i'm watching strictly it well precisely i mean i've been doing all these socks Rookie mistake. I'm doing the heel flap and then picking up the stitches around the foot with forgetting to turn the heel. God. And then having to unpick everything. I can't believe you've admitted that. I have admitted it. I'm sharing that with you, listeners, I, viewers, yeah. because everybody makes mistakes. And because sharing is circle of trust. <laughs> circle sharing of trust. Um, tell, tell us when you're listening in um, about your mistakes. Yeah. Well, tell us lots of things because we'd like to know, wouldn't we? Yeah. We'd like to know... What you're planning to do in January? What are you going to make? Yeah. Are you going to learn something new? Yeah. Um, how do you wind down with your crafts? What kind of mistakes what, have you made? Yeah. That been and like, what oh. kind of mistakes have you made? Because we, as well as trying to have a perspective on the world of crafts, I feel like we have a 
agony auntie uncle function that we can provide I here. hope so tell us your woes and for better or worse we will answer them we will help yeah we will help yeah actually you could be yeah between um, us uncle we x. must have an answer you could be uncle x to my nephews and nieces i already am are you yeah that's it's really quite a lot nice. easier for them to do the old christmas cards as well to oh. sometimes people <laughs> think that's what it's about it's just i'm illiterate so that was how i signed my checks which you oh. do I'm not even going to comment on that. No, that's fine. I've got a question for you. Go on then. I'm called Mr. X-Stitch and a lot of the time people call me Mr. Cross-Stitch. You're called Marion. Yes. How often do people call you Marion? All the flipping time. So, do you know, um, I'm called Marion because it's after a little village in Wales. Yeah. So, Marionethshire, I think is a shire, a little sort of, which isn't there anymore, but there was a little town called Marioneth. And I think my grandfather thought that would be a good name. Sounds very honest. Marion. Yeah. Very honest. Very honest. Are you merry honest about that? Um, <laughs> and so they called me Marion, and that was lovely. Mm. Except that no one else in the world. I think there are a few Marions, actually. If there are any Marions, please yeah, say hello. Marion Club. There was, I met a Marion on Instagram the other day who Did was you? a knitter. And I was like, oh, my God, another Marion. I had a chat with her. <laughs> is She's there a like, rule where if two of you are in the room at the same time, like if a third one turns up, one of you has to leave? I don't think so. Do we have to, like, if there were four Marions in a place at the same time, do we have to let the local council know? <laughs> well, let the police know for yeah. crowd control. This is going to be a crowd Marion control. Yeah, there's everybody. a real problem. But I could be Marion, Miriam. And I bet autocorrect gets you wrong every time, right? Well, the nice thing about autocorrect is that it says Merino. Oh, okay. So That's actually, cool. yeah. Jen, who's in our email team out here, she always says, oh, I'm always typing Marino. So maybe I should just yeah. change it to Marino. That would make life a bit easier. And then it? people yeah. might think I was Italian and that would be quite nice. Yeah. But not that I might because I'm Welsh and that's very important. But not that I sound Welsh. I don't sound Welsh. Do you just shrug it off? You're just like, eh, yeah. I know you mean Marino. Marino. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I don't say anything. I just smile and nod now. I used to be always like, it's Mr. X-Stitch. It's Mr. X-Stitch. It's Mr. X-Stitch. Now I go... Am I going to meet you again? Yes, Mr. Crossstitch is fine. Because <laughs> I'm just like, life is short. And if they think Crossstitch and they think Mr. Crossstitch, it's fair enough, really, isn't it? When the year starts, yeah. and I'm like, oh, it's the start of a new year, I think, oh, I'm going to tidy my office. My office is like, do you ever see a beach? And sometimes the beach has got loads of crap on it because yes. the sea's just brought it in. That's pretty much my office. It goes through waves. There's loads of crap. Then I'm like, oh, usually when I've got a magazine deadline, oh, I think I'll tidy in my office because it's like procrastination central. So it gets really tidy and then the weeks roll by and all the stuff comes in. But like when I know people who've started craft shops because they've got so much wool that it makes sense, like... How do you, you must have a fair bit of stuff, oh. right? Cross stitch is small and easy, wool big, right? My name's Marino and I'm a yarn addict. <laughs> it's shocking. How do you keep it all in check? I don't, is the easy answer. But you should talk to my husband. He's very unhappy about the very large amount of yarn that I have at home. But basically, I have got, I know absolutely, and I bet every knitter and crocheter out there will say the same as this. You know, even depends. If even if you've got the most gigantic stash or a little, you know exactly what's in it. We're, we're sort of similar in that regard, but I know that there are people with immaculate stashes. Yeah. So and so, if you have an immaculate stash yeah. or you have a really really jumbly one like ours, mm. send us a picture. Send us a picture. Give us a picture because we'd love that. I want them to send me thirty pictures, one a day for a month 
Oh, I want to see the real. No, because I don't know how they do it. And like genuinely, unless they can bend the laws of time and say, so how do you do it? How do you when you go in someone's house and it's immaculate all the time? Like, I know. How do you I'll do tell that? you how. It's because some people have that ethos in them when it's like everything has its place and there's a place for everything. Yeah, yeah. And if you've got storage, you're laughing. So you can have everything looking perfect. Yeah. I'm not that person. I feel like the start of the year is a good time to have that kind of clear out. But it is. And also, I think you have. Well, most people have a bit of time up their sleeves. Mm. So whether or not you're celebrating Christmas, you're still probably having a bit of time off over those holidays, over that break. And that's why I think people then think, right, mm. I'm going to throw out some things. Yeah. I'm gonna and of course we, we go into that thing of like, oh, New Year, nice clean New Year, nice you know, and all the sort of New Year's resolutions and all those things. Although I don't think they work. I think you're best off doing it in February. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. A bit like diets. Like that. Silly until yeah. February. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although I won't be doing that. But I mean, that, that's the thing. What you do is you do both of those things. You start them on, is it the second Monday in February, which is a day most likely for people to skive off work? Is it? Yeah, because if you skive on the first Monday, everyone knows you're skiving. It's the first Monday of the month. And if you skive in January, people are like, oh, they're just skiving in January. Second Monday in February, statistically, most people will pull a sickie. Oh, I'm ill. It'll be like you and 35 other people in the office. <gasps> that's Ridiculous. Actually, that's quite scandalous. I would never do that. Really? I'll see you on the second Tuesday. <laughs> we'll prove that to point, coffee really. shop, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, will you actually be going to clear out some stuff, do you think? I think so, yeah. I think what I'll do is what I do before is uh, watch Marie Kondo on Netflix. <gasps> get the power of Marie in me. Wow. Because I've listened to the book and I've got the little PDF and I've bought myself a T-shirt folder. Like on a good day, I have a drawer full of T-shirts that are all standing upright and I feel epic. But that doesn't happen very often. It does make you feel very good. It does make you feel very good. It sparks joy. I'll try, but then I know I'll get distracted. Like if I could stop every other responsibility... And just concentrate for a day on getting rid of stuff. I feel like I could do it, but it never. And I'm working from home, two young kids, life in general is a real struggle. So often, sometimes periodically, my wife will take the girls up to see her mum, particularly if I've got a magazine to do. So it's just me time. And that's usually when I get a lot of cleaning done, procrastinating, but managing to do it. The aspiration is there and the aspiration is strong. The reality is, if I'm lucky, like 80% clear. But still the part, I've got, I'll have to bring it in sometime. I've got this needle felted thing that someone made. It's like a flat piece, but it's got some pictures of these like blobs and they're like, clear off, go away. And what I do is they live at the bottom of my inbox. So my pile of crap that's next to my desk where just everything goes, if I get to the bottom of it and see those guys, I'm like, hey, Yay. they tell me to clear off. I put some stuff like on top of it. like the bottom of the well. ironing basket. Honestly. Almost yeah. never happens in my house. Yeah. I got to inbox zero once about three months ago. Wow. That was a beautiful moment. It hasn't happened since. A rare moment. Did you take a picture? I did. <laughs> I did. So sad. But I feel like the aspirations there, I feel like it's important to not beat yourself up if uh, you don't achieve it, but to go for it. But I would welcome tips from people. Yeah, I think I would always advocate a gentle January. Mm. So if you are planning a clear out in January, tell us. And tell us what you're going to throw away. Yeah. Because we might want to. Yeah, it. right. If it's wool, <laughs> we might want to swap. send it to Marino um, at Love Marino. <laughs> um, But yeah, how are you going to do it? What are you going to do? Yeah. We, I think it's, it's clear that we need some help in this direction. Yeah, I'm not saying we're perfect, but I'm also no. old enough to know that perfection is a, a, a no. dream. I, I think it's one of those things again. Everybody has their own version of perfect. Mm. I'm, I'm all for, for clutter. Yeah. But 
Marie Kondo would not be no, the same as or me. Or my wife. No, or my husband, who's very tidy. Is he? Yeah, oh, very tidy, yeah. yeah. Crikey, he's really, really tidy. Do you think when your kids leave school, like home that there will be a craft room? Or have you oh, got a craft room? No, I haven't got, got a craft, got a craft room, 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 no. I would love a craft room. I know a lot of people that do that and then their kids come back and they're like, oh, crap. <laughs> Well, Sorry, Roger, you've got to sleep in the garage because your room's a craft room. <laughs> I think I would like a craft room. I'm very impressed with these people who have like a craft shed in the oh, garden. Nice. People actually sort of set up these very beautiful, again, on Pinterest, mm. if you have a look for craft sheds, a lot of very nice pastel painted sheds yeah. that are divine. Where do they keep the lawnmower? Well, and they probably the have a, another shed. I was going to say, I could not have that <laughs> because there would be spiders. Yeah. And I can't do spiders. And it'd be flipping freezing. I it think would that's be cold. You'd have a heater. and There would be spiders, although I tried to conquer my fear of spiders. By um, crocheting them. <laughs> because I held a tarantula. Okay. And it was a very beautiful Chilean rose tarantula. Mm. And the chap said to me, just think of it as a gerbil. It's that sort of that light. A gerbil that can ger- kill a bird. <laughs> and he put the spider on my hand and I had to hold my hand down like this with my other hand yeah. because I really thought I was going to just flip the spider. <laughs> so, like a guy. <laughs> but anyway, it was fine. It was lovely. And that actually has helped yeah. my fear of spiders. Mm. If there's anybody that you'd really love to see us talk to, by the way, please tell us. Yeah. Or talk um, about. Or talk about. We can talk about anyone. Not behind their backs. In this a is nice a very way. in front of their faces talking we're doing now. In a very nice way. Yeah. So tell us if there's anyone you'd like to meet or that you'd like us to meet. Yeah. As long as they're not too scary. And we will talk to them. Yeah. And then don't forget to subscribe to the channel. Oh, yes. So that you get the podcast when they happen. If you're watching us on YouTube, drop us a comment. Give us a thumbs up. Ring the notification bell. I see that's what you have to do. Bing, bing, bing. Because then it comes up and everything, even on my watch, it's like, oh, there's a new video. I'm like, great. I haven't got that kind of watch, but thanks. I'm just in the middle of a thing, <laughs> but at least I know what I'm missing now. God damn it. I haven't got one of those watches. No, neither have I. It's a Fitbit. It doesn't no, do anything. No, no, no. It just tells me to get up. <laughs> says, Stop being so lazy, Jamie. Actually, I don't wear a watch because it makes I make it go funny. But don't forget, because of your psychic powers. We'll, well save that for the me. next episode. <laughs> but I can't. It doesn't keep time. I suppose it'd be different on a... a di- 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 I can't say digital today. Digital watch. Did you eat? Yeah. But certainly not on a watch with hands, really? no. You are magnetic, magnetic Marion. <laughs> Marino. That's what they say. But yeah, don't forget, like, subscribe. Don't forget, if you want to email us, the email address is in the show notes as well. It is. And yeah, we would love to hear from you. So please comment, send us nice things, and uh, we'll see you next time. Yeah, so you've been Marion. That's the bit where you go, Marion. Marion. And I've been Mr. Exit. And all I want to say is, don't love craft me for fun, girl. Let me be the one girl. Lovecraft me for a reason. Let the reason be Lovecraft. Oh, you Thank are you so very cool. Much. I can't possibly sign off with anything as, as exquisite as That's that. all we need. So I'll just say see you next time. <laughs> Bye.